As a police officer for three decades, Darren George has seen his fair share of road trauma, but it never prepared him for the real thing, being a statistic, thankfully not a fatality. But the trauma and guilt the Echuca policeman suffered from the horrific motorbike crash, which wounded him and seriously injured his pillion passenger, are still raw six years on. I think it was about six years ago now. When I got a motorbike, I just had a Japanese road bike, and you know, I was pretty confident on it, but I was an inexperienced rider. So I wanted to step up to a Harley Davidson. And I was actually warned by people that going from uh, you know, a little Japanese road bike to a Harley Davidson is a, a very big and dangerous step because they're, they're much bigger and heavier. They don't turn, they don't stop. It's sort of like going from driving a Commodore to a, a Mack truck. It was, it was all good and well on the, you know, the, the straight flat roads out around here. If you get into some windy or curvy sort of uh, hilly areas are very different so we're on this ride and, and the girl in the back, Magella, a friend of mine, she um, she was quite an experienced um, pillion passenger too. So yeah, I think she she had confidence in my um, you know abilities and, and, and skill and whatever. So we're going along and um, a fair bit of reckless riding and behaviour going on, although quite a few riders were just flying past me and I'm sitting on a hundred and I'm thinking don't know about this, but I just did my own thing. Anyway, we got, we fueled up at Heathcote and then we went left into, I think it's Heathcote and Gamby Road, and it suddenly becomes quite hilly and tight with corners and that through there. So we're going along and we came into a right-hand bend, which was fairly tight, and it was a pretty poor road surface too, and I've just gone into the corner. I, don't, I didn't even reach the apex of the corner and I've just realised that we're not gonna get out of this. You know, I'm sort of thinking, it's gonna be all over here. It's So, instead of going around the corner to the right, you know, we've gone straight into the, you know, the, the roadside verge and the scrub, basically. So I sort of remember, oh, you know, half a second of that. And then I must have blacked out for half a second or something like that. Then I remember hitting the ground and just tumbling end over end over end and just waiting to hit something or waiting to die, basically, because it was, it's like being dumped in the surf, but sort of 10 times worse, you know what that's like? God knows where Magella went. Oh, I think we worked out later, she just flew out the top of me and was airborne and hit a tree. And I've been back there since and had a look and, you know, I wake up, I open my eyes and, um, you know, I'm in pain. Um, I ended up with, I fractured my sternum and I broke my wrist in four different places there. So I've sort of come to and gone, right, I'm alive, but I'm in a lot of pain. I'm in a bit of trouble here. And I could see Magella lying, or oh, maybe 10 feet away, not moving, but her eyes were closed which is a good sign. Uh, she's unconscious. You know, the bike's sort of over there a bit. So the bike's there, I'm here, and she's sort of that way further. So she must have gone over the top of me. I sort of crawl over to her. I don't think I could walk. I crawled over to her and I knew she was in a bad way, but her eyes were closed, that's a good sign. And I still don't know to this day how I did it, but I held my phone with one hand 
and dial triple over the other. You know, this was all wrecked. And um, I was panicking. I didn't know where we were. I think I tried to say the road we're on and the, the, the operator saying, no, nah, that doesn't exist. And where are you, where are you? And just by luck, there was a lane sort of directly opposite where we were and it had a street sign on it. Let's say it was Brown Lane or something like that. So I said Brown Lane and then she went, yep, yep, I've got you, I know where you are. Some other riders who were on the ride was going past too. But we're down in this dry creek bed. Oh, so I'm going like that, trying to wave, but they can't see me because they're above me. You know, I'm down there in the creek and they're sort of up there going past them trying to wave for help and eventually someone's seen us and come and help. But anyway, so the first ambulance gets there and I happen to know the, the paramedic personally too, which was good. And straight away the, the, the ambos got on, she got on the radio and said, um, get a chopper straight away. We need a chopper. So I'm starting to panic even more now. Pain's progressively getting worse for me, you know. And I remember her saying, stop sucking Darren, you'll be fine. And, uh, so Magella, she, she got conscious again and was talking, but you know, she was in a bad way with some pretty bad injuries. So anyway, sometime later, the, the chopper lands right near us. Um, you know, she gets loaded up and taken away. I get put in a road ambulance and just driven to, to Bendigo. And um, I can't remember much uh, from there, but I remember getting to hospital and I was panicking about her. You know, how is she? Is she going to die? Is she okay? She got airlifted to the, to the Alfred, I think, in Melbourne. And no one could tell me anything. All I could say was she's stable, she's stable. Which is better than critical or serious, I suppose. So I've had to deal with all the guilt and all that since too. So I had a surgery on my wrist the next day. You know, they put a fair bit of metal work and whatever in, and I think I was in hospital for four days or four nights or something and I got out and but Magella spent she spent quite a number of weeks in hospital in the Alfred she broke a lot of bones and that um, even vertebrae up the top you know at the top of your back and that and even though she wasn't killed they call it survivor's guilt and that you know um, and at the end of the day I was in control of the motorbike and I was in control of you know her you know, her life was in my hands, basically. I'm the one driving the thing. She recovered from her injury. She still suffers a fair bit of chronic pain. She was told she could never work again, so she can't sit for extended periods, so they do in an office job, without getting into a lot of pain. And also, she can't stand for extended periods, like, you know, say you're gonna do sales or something, because she had a sales background. So, in the aftermath, um, I think I spent about a year, uh, you know, confined to office duties and all that, and I think I had about, pretty much about a hundred physio sessions. This is just for my wrist. I'm very restricted now, like, like you know, there's quite a bit, a bit of impairment there. The TAC have assessed it too, and, and there is a fair degree of impairment, so I, there's a lot of things I can't do. I've had flashbacks and nightmares and panic attacks and, um, you know, anxiety, stuff like that. I got my motorbike fixed. I remember I was having a coffee with a friend in town one day and uh, Harley Davidson and Bendigo rang me and said, your bike's ready. We fixed it, it's ready to go. And I went 
in an instant panic. I started shaking, sweating, crying just about. In fact, I had to ring work and I rang the boss and said, I can't come in this over, I'm a mess. Yeah, I was terrified on it, absolutely terrified. I probably wrote it half a dozen times and bad move, just starting it up, sitting on it, just shaking, nervous, scared, horrible. I got rid of it, sold it and got rid of it. Best thing I ever did. I'll probably never sit on one again. Like I said, going down there and looking at it, horrendous. You wouldn't believe that anyone could get out of there alive coming off a motorbike. I gave up cycling. I used to, I used to, I used to have a road bike. I used to like getting out on the open roads and going. I gave that up straight away. Just terrified. I did it once or twice. Terrified, just being out on the road and vulnerable like that again. Got rid of it. I've got a mountain bike. I'm happy just to ride around the streets, but not going out on the open roads where cars are going past you at 100k an hour. You know, I've been to a lot of accidents since, you know, where helicopters have come and airlifted people away. And even last night, you know, we had three lined up on the road all next to each other and six ambulances. So, yeah, you get still pretty vivid in my mind with my crash when the chopper did come down and land next to us. And, like, the enormity of the situation hits you then. Oh my God, this is really serious. You know, she could die. I'm not going to die, I'm fine. But she could. That's why they're flying her. Yeah. Well, I went through the TAC impairment process only recently. I think you've only got seven years to do it too. So they assess you for what they call total body impairment. There's a minimum threshold which you have to reach to get like a lump sum payout. So I had to see an orthopedic surgeon about that and I was assessed, you know, from a wrist and I had to sit down with a, a psychologist or a counsellor and she, she assessed me. So that was the last time I told the story and it was only a few months ago. And the, and the, the other thing was too, I'd, I'd had both my kids on the back of the motorbike too prior to that. The Japanese road bike and the Harley Davidson, they'd both been on the back and gone for rides and you know that just that just chills me now to think that I'd done that. Speed limits are speed limits are like it's it's actually if it's 100 k's an hour it's actually the maximum not the minimum it's the maximum you're not supposed to exceed it you know where my crash happened as I said it was quite it suddenly got quite tight and windy and hilly you know so probably need to slow down a bit but, it's, but I, even on a motorbike you know um, motorbike riders like to go fast and you're just so vulnerable on a motorbike and then so is your pillion passenger so you need to do the right thing you know I went I went to um, you know some counseling and that afterwards and I remember going in the first time, sitting down opposite her, and she said, Oh, yeah. Hi, Darren, nice to meet you, and what can I do for you today? And that was it. I've just burst into uncontrollable tears. It was to, you know, I can deal with, I can deal with my injuries and what happened to me and that, but you know, I still feel really guilty about hurting Magella, you know. But I'm a pretty strong believer in fate, you know. I think. I think your cards are marked when you're born, and th that day wasn't our day to um, 
to leave this earth. <laughs>